Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. Here to have an episode about uh, subgrades. It's strictly about grading, heavy on BGS, but also some uh, reference to PSA as being the acknowledged leader in grading, at least based on volume. Thanks, sponsors, Tops Panini Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, Comsi.com, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. This will be a little bit on the Beckett Grading side, but this is really in response to some questions that people have asked. I'm combining a couple questions. One is just why did BGS do subgrades in the start? And I think uh, I was totally on board with that. I think in hindsight, that was a great decision. It was a, a real clear differentiator for our service. We were coming into a situation where PSA was entrenched. SGC also had a following. Uh, we needed to be different and I wanted to be different better by putting in the report card. First, we were the, really the ones that acknowledged that there were four key factors in grading, the centering, corners, edges, and surface. We were actually saying, hey, we're going to tell you how we're coming up with these grades. Not exactly, but we're going to show you our worksheet to give you at least those four subgrades. That, in effect, would hold us to a uh, greater level of scrutiny that you could look at the card yourself. You may not have the same tools that the graders have, and it's inside the slab at that point, but you'd at least have some idea that uh, it wouldn't be a complete mystery as to why a card was not coming out as a 10, because when it's your card, you think it's a 10, you, and it's uh, inconsequential imperfection. Later, we wound up doing BCCG, which was our attempt to have a much, much simpler and, and admittedly more lenient uh, grading service for some of the clients we had who came to us and said, uh, we want 10s. And so we, we can't give you a BGS 10, but a BCCG 10 is mint or better with the, the large volume of submissions we had. We took those. I actually did an episode um, a long time ago, early on in the podcast, about FCG, the front and center grading. And really, it's come down to that. In a lot of cases, people are looking at the cards and uh, they look at the subgrades, but they're still looking at the eye appeal, the centering, what it looks like on the front. They're less concerned about some slight surface damage on the back of the card. PWCC and others have tried to come up with eye appeal type additional commentary. I have no problem with that. PSA, though, being the market leader in terms of volume in their registry, I've affirmed them. I believe that them not having a 9.5 was an excellent decision. It, it makes their uh, registry cleaner. It uh, avoids the problem of people trying to continue to, if it's a 9, it's a pretty big jump to make it a 10, not a big jump to go to a 9.5. The games that people want to play with all the graders are minimized a little bit with PSA. It's either a 10 or it's a 9. So I, I think that's fine. I've mentioned all PSA 9s are not the same. All BGS 9s are not the same. So they're not fungible among themselves or even within themselves. I'm not saying a PSA 9 is better or worse than a BGS 9, but actually some of them are, and it depends on the subgrade. The fungibility comes if you did have the same BGS 9 that had the same exact subgrades, and I don't mean the numerical ones, but in the same order, that centering was 9.5 and edges was 8.5 and Surface was nine and, and the other one was nine. If it's the exact same descriptors of those four subgrades, then to me, yeah, that's probably pretty fungible. If it's the same card with the same exact subgrades, it probably trades for the same amount. Okay. And again, I think that's an edge. It makes it tricky because again, we're finding out that certain cards that uh, there are grades of two or three of a 52 tops mantle that go for higher than a grade of four if the eye appeal is better. So that's something all the grading co companies need to figure out. Uh, a related question came up that was expressed, and that is with so many grading companies uh, coming in, new ones coming in even uh, this last year, 
Not surprising with BGS and PSA having huge backlogs. The question was, will those grading companies, will they all be able to survive? Will it be a survival of the fittest? The best news that these new grading companies received was earlier this year when the key players, the PSAs, the BGSs, and the uh, SGCs all raised their prices. So that's going to allow these new grading companies to have higher margins. There's already pretty low barriers to entry just to get started. You just need a slabbing machine and you need some expertise. It's an unregulated thing. But ultimately, the answer to the question, the grading companies that are going to not just survive but thrive are going to be established a brand identity. And if you have a brand that nobody knows about, that's bad. The only thing worse than that is a brand that gets tarnished, that's damaged. They need to be known for fair grading, for consistent grading and uh, to, to be scandal-free or, or to minimize that because the crooks are out there trying to get an edge. And uh, my hope is that all the grading companies, regardless of how big or small, that they would uh, cooperate with each other to put crooks out of business. There's also been the question of the nature of the competition between the grading companies. There's certainly, I hope, not a desire to have higher grades because if you're overgrading, then your cards are not going to do well in the marketplace. But I think if somebody said, is this really a duopoly? Not a monopoly where one controls, but a duopoly, a Coke and Pepsi, where PSA is Coke and BGS is Pepsi. Actually, I prefer Coke <laughs> in my soft drinks back when I drank caffeinated soft drinks. But if BGS is Pepsi. That's not so bad. Actually, there's a lot of markets that work really well when there are two major players. As I said, I'm admitting that PSA has the most volume, but BGS clearly is number two. Why are they number two? Why are they an ideal, not opponent or adversary, but why are they the other key player at this point in the industry? And I think subgrades is a huge reason why that BGS can be the alternative to PSA. In fact, BGS also has, has better pricing. It's cheaper to grade your cards. I'd like to be able to say that it doesn't take as long, but they're both intolerable wait periods. BGS has a more substantial holder. That was a good idea. And the inner sleeve. But mostly, it's about the subgrades. If you went to PSA first and you got a 10, then you're done. Uh, unless you want to try to cross it over to get a black label or a, a BGS 10, but you'd have to have a lot better eye than I have. On the other hand, going the other way, which is why we've seen there are serial number cards to 25 that have more than 25 graded in the combined pop reports. It's because there is some crossing over. Well, if you went to BGS first, it's not just looking at a BGS 9 and trying to figure out, would that be a PSA 9 or a PSA 10 or a PSA 8.5. The subgrades, if you're with BGS, and if you have the subgrades, if you're able to determine that based on the factors that PSA emphasizes, it might be that that BGS 9.5, again, with certain subgrades, not every configuration, but certain subgrades, if it's 10 centering, if it's 10 corners, that may wind up being, it could be a BGS 9.5 or a 9 if it's got a surface problem on the back. And so knowing the BGS subgrades gives you a clue to how BGS grades, as well as then if after some experience of what that would translate into for PSA. I have no problem with people switching between grading companies according to where they can optimize their experience and their price. If it costs more to grade, but you might get a higher return on what you paid, so the net is better. If you are waiting three months with one grading company and nine months with another grading company, that six months might really matter. But to me, one of the key uh, elements. Again, it, uh, give credit to our team. The subgrades are a critical part of demystifying grading. 
Uh, without subgrades, I think people would just be saying, I don't know why this is a 9 and this is a 10. With BGS, you can see this is why this is an 8 or a 9 or a 10 or a 9.5. And this is why this 9.5 is better than this other 9.5. So there's a whole schedule of which, uh, because all these four characteristics, the subgrades, if there's two 8s and two 9s on the subgrades, you'd think, well, the average is 8.5. Yeah, it's probably an 8.5, but there may be some configuration where if the more important subgrades, it's probably an 8.5. But if you play around with the numbers and observe, there's actually a schedule. It's like an algorithm, but it's been done by a person. I, I give Grant a lot of the credit on that of, of what these configuration of the four subgrades, what that would translate into. Again, it's not an average because if you, it could be 10, 10, 10, 1. You get a bullet hole and that doesn't average out as a 5. If something has got a bullet hole, it's not going to be a 9, no matter how perfect the corners and the centering and the edges are. At any rate, I think subgrades are an important differentiator for BGS. I think they've actually brought, this is heresy, but I think that the fact that BGS has subgrades has actually brought business to PSA. So I don't think PSA is upset that BGS has it and PSA doesn't. They have their way of doing it. It's obviously working for them. BGS has its way. That's why it's shaping up, I think, as some have said, of a little bit of a duopoly. There are other key players, and I'm, I'm not uh, trying to shut them out, but the interplay between PSA and BGS is very interesting. It's good to have a competitor that's keeping you sharp, and I hope BGS is keeping PSA sharp, and I hope PSA is uh, keeping BGS sharp. I will be back again tomorrow with another episode. Again, thanks for your questions. If you have them, send them in to the website, to, to email me, drjamesbeckett at gmail.com. I'm happy to get your question into the rotation and address it. So um, still enjoying doing this. Again, thanks, listeners. I appreciate every one of you. I'll be back tomorrow with another episode. The man-